speaking of Oni, he, he's, I guess, kind of our commander guru. And yeah. uh, he he brought around a Joyra uh, Weatherlight Captain deck, and I fell oh, in love. Oh, it's a storm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> fell in love with it. I don't even know why you hesitated. Like, that's and exactly. I didn't kill you with Storm last time. It was Psychosis Crawler. Oh, excuse oh, me. Oh, so, so Storm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Draw the card Storm. I'm like, oh, my God, I love this deck. And... A week later, he took it apart. He's like, this thing's disgusting. I'm not going to play it anymore. I was like, okay, can you send me the list? <laughs> so the deck still exists in our sphere. It's just not his. Oh, this is too good. I'm going to go ahead and just uh, put this dog down. Yeah. And then you're like, but wait, what if I have the dog now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anytime we sit on a table, I play it first to get it out of the way. And then we, we move on. What he's saying, really, though, is he has to establish dominance. And, <laughs> and, then, and then he'll let the rest of us play. Yeah, at the center of the commander table, there's a tree. And he has to be the first <laughs> one to piss on the tree. And yep. then everybody else can sniff it. And then you guys can get to go into the actual game. In my defense, I used to be a really sore loser. Like, a extremely sore loser. And oh, I, I've since... Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> He was like, you know, you know that there's like that scene in the Bible where she turns around and she's like she's looking at Sodom and Gomorrah and she turns into salt. That's what happens. Just pillars. Yeah. Like if you dried up the ocean. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it, it wasn't that bad. But there was. Some I just say I don't. I don't think I ever like said anything to anybody or lashed. Like it was more like I would just sit there and fume. But yeah, he was a yeah brooding. brooding. Yeah, Batman had nothing on me. Just basking in the salt. Oh, you yeah. think you adopted? Yeah, I was born in the salt. <laughs> And that, so, like, I get I get my kind of gifted win from Joyra out of the way, and then I just go about my business. You can beat me. You can, you know, do whatever. I, I don't really care. I've got my one for the night. Just that high takes you for the rest of the evening. Yeah. Whatever else happens, you're good. And then I just have this guy, Jeremy, sitting over there with, I don't know, like, Shieldred. And <laughs> listen, that's because... Listen. No, 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 hold on, hold it on. It wasn't We're... even my fault. He chaos-warped my, <laughs> my aura shards. And I got sheltered out of the deal. He does. That's his fault. That's not mine. But I, I play a creature and I pass the turn to him and I just look at his board and I was like, <laughs> two lands, one creature that doesn't do anything. Um, we'll put it right to the grip. Nice permanence, champ. <laughs> yeah. All three of them. Your, your thrumming bird looks fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> you have run afoul. <laughs> What is up, you 3-3 Beast Tokens? Welcome back to another episode of the Fetch and Shock podcast. I am your host, Necrotic Sliver, Tyler. And joining me, I have two very special guests today. I got myself a pair of Vindicates, Jeremy and James from the Destroy Target Permanent podcast. Fellas, what is going on? Not a whole lot. I was... Enjoying I, magic. Yes, but I got to say... I was not ready for that intro. I was like, oh, listen, I was like, I, you know what? I am a three-three beast token. I'm a killer. Yeah, you get them. Well, you see, here's the thing: the destroyed target permanent thing. That's beast within. Beast within gives you a three-three beast token. That's why I thought of that. That's fantastic. Necrotic sliver. I like it's the sliver too. that does vindicate, and then you guys are vindicates because you guys are the original destroyed target permanents. You see, I I put a lot of thought and effort into that. It was the That's ultimate. Just... Oh, I am so, I am so touched that you guys are yeah. into that. <laughs> yeah, I, I I can't handle this. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to leave now. Oh yeah, well we'll see you later, man. <laughs> All right, boys. What's yeah? What's going on? Currently trying to get out of platinum on arena. Yeah, it's not it's not working, but and uh, and enjoying a blue moon. Blue moon well, quality beverage. As much as I would like to say I'm having a PBR, um, <laughs> oh. it's just it's just coffee. 
it's just coffee tonight. Sure, just coffee. Yeah, in, well, okay. In <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish I had some some Baileys or some Jameson hiding somewhere, but I don't. It's, it's just coffee. Nope, just just straight black coffee. Uh, Do you really no? not? Do you really not no, have anything like, in your house? Uh oh man, I've got some like like a half a fifth of pineapple rum, but I'm not. Oh <laughs> no, that seems like what you should do. Yep, hundred <laughs> percent. Pineapple coffee. It's got to be some kind of grenade. Yeah, I bet they do that in Hawaii. I was guarantee it. Spam coffee. <laughs> I guess I'm gonna have to go look up what people put in there. There's got to be a list somewhere of like weird things people put in coffee across the globe. And if Hawaii comes up as like pineapple flavored vodka, I will oh. lose my shit. <laughs> Okay, I, I will try it immediately. I mean, I don't, I don't consider that can't be that bad, right? No, I mean, I I want to say I would try it, but it's going to really depend on the time of day. Hey, I, I've tried Goldschlager with orange juice, and that's that's not bad. It's not the Ooh. best thing in the world, but it's not bad. It, it, that it sounds was, rough. I want to say we, we had that for like a breakfast drink, too. Yeah, but okay, we'll just kick it off making it sound like, you know, we're just rolling yeah, you out know, of bed. Yeah. We woke up at 6 o'clock in the morning, and what do you the first thing we do? Have a drink. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> to be fair, that... that is pretty on par for the Fetch and Shock podcast, for us to do something <laughs> exactly that. Oh, man. The, like, there were times we were in a fraternity together once upon a time, and uh, I don't know how many times we would just, like, wake up and be like, taking a shower, will you throw me a beer? No, shower beers are yes one of the few true joys in life it's extremely underrated but that's actually a really good segue i want to hear a little bit more about you guys how you guys met and how you guys like started playing magic (sighs) we actually did i think it was a whole episode or a whole segment on an episode about how we met (laughs) It, it, it started as a drunken joke one night we were created with the 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 rest of the earth and we've been around since the, exist- the, the beginning of time. And secretly, we've been behind every major event that's happened throughout history on one side or the other. Not not necessarily choosing sides, but it's more like a just gentleman's rivalry. And mm. it, it was it turned into like an hour-long story at a, a bar at Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah, we were, <laughs> we were just telling this story to these, I think it was two girls and one of our buddies. And like, we weren't even, it wasn't even like we were trying to impress anybody. We just took the joke and kept rolling. And before the end of the night, there were like 15 people amphitheater style sitting around us at the bar table, just listening to us go on and on. We were like the extinction of the dinosaurs, the JFK assassination. It was this and that. And like, we were, (laughs) we were created by a God. I don't want to say the God, but a God and we were destined never to meet. Like, we were never <laughs> supposed to meet each other. And then we did, and now we have 20, so... No, that actually, that math checks out. Um, there, there for a while, anytime we went on a trip together, we were, we were met with, like, tornadoes. Yeah. Like, the, that's not an exaggeration. That actually happened for, like, a year-long thing. Every oh, time shit. we went somewhere, it was like, okay, you need to get in the basement. We have a tornado spotted, and it's like, seriously? Yeah, it started, it's the two that I remember most. There was one time in our uh, dorm tower. It was alumni oh. tower, and it was, like, out of nowhere. Like, it was at night, so nobody was really around. Oh, the campus sirens are going off. Oh, there's alerts on our phone for tornado, seek shelter, whatever. What do we do? We sit in the lobby and play pool the whole time in a lobby with glass windows all the way around. Seems like the safest place to be during a tornado. In, in reality, um, unfortunately, we actually ended up meeting in my then girlfriend, now wife's dorm room. 
She she knew Jeremy from a uh, a summer event thing that they they went to at Moorhead State where we went to college at, and it was it was very stepbrothers esque. Like we kind of ran into each other in there through mutual friends, and we just kind of never stopped hanging out. Uh, that's exactly how it went, actually. Yeah, that is, that is like remarkably similar to how me and my co-host, well, former co-host, I don't know, he might not be even be alive anymore, but Matt, Matt, if you're still alive, <laughs> love you, buddy. Uh, how me and Matt met, like, I was going to play an event in Pittsburgh. It was like a SCG, uh, like, IQ deal. Yeah. And I show up, got my deck ready, and then my opponent for round one sits down across from me and hands me half of his deck and a pack of sleeves and says, hey, can you help me sleep my deck? I'm like, uh, sure, I guess. <laughs> Help this guy sleeve his deck. And we start playing. And then uh, just the normal conversation that we have. Turns out that me and this guy actually grew up eight minutes apart from each other. So I'm like, we're just like chopping it up, talking about like, you know, our hometown. Have a nice time. And then he's like, oh, I actually came here with another buddy from the same town. And I see the guy. And I'm like, wait, I know him from somewhere. I know this guy's wife. And I've seen him because of Instagram posts of him and his wife. And so I walk up to him like, hey, I know your wife. I see. I know you because I know your wife on Instagram. And he's like, what the f- what? What? The- what did you just say to me? Hey, and dude, that's how I, I met my wife. co-host, Matt. And, and since that day, we have talked on the phone probably every single day about magic. And then that's how this podcast got started. Well, strangely enough, that's exactly how our podcast got started. We met in Pittsburgh and uh, we decided to... Uh, Make a podcast. Wow, what a romantic coincidence that is. <laughs> no, we uh, we had. I thought he was serious. I'm so bad for that. I was like, <laughs> I was like, dude, what are you yeah, talking that is about? Exactly how it I happened. haven't been to Pittsburgh since I was in like grade school or something. What do you? And then I and then I got it. No, Excuse we're me. we're sitting around my kitchen table with uh, Lane and Oni that we were referring to it earlier. They they eventually go on to start a podcast too but i i look at jeremy i'm like you know we talk about magic a lot do you just want to record it and he's like well yeah who would listen i was like i don't know but you know we're the only two listening now so there's got to be at least one more idiot out there who would join in that yeah like someone's gonna click on it because we're gonna have like cool art cool name and stuff even if they only stay for like 30 seconds i think maybe it was the next week we started recording with uh with borrowed equipment exactly uh, a rundown laptop and borrowed microphone. I love that. It's cool to hear how other podcasts have gotten started. Cause that's basically the same story that I had where I was on the phone with Matt talking about magic. I was like, Hey dickhead, why don't we just like record this? And then like, if people listen to it, they listen to it. If not, fuck them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like none of us are out of anything by doing this. Like we were going to talk about it anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Like we've already spent the hours on the phone, just talking about whatever the hell's going on in magic. Why don't we just do the thing? You should be glad that Matt answers your phone calls. Oh, why we got to bring it up? Welcome to the Fetch and Chalk Drama Podcast. I know. (laughs) I'm in like 600 group chats, 700 Facebook group chats. There's like four of those group chats that I'm in with James. (laughs) Yeah, I'm really bad for answering phone calls. I will admit that. I know your, your wife messages me to find out where you are. I would throw my fucking phone in a river if I didn't have to have it for work. That's how I am, too. When Matt calls me and I don't answer, he'll text me like 20 minutes later. And he's like, hey, be my friend. James doesn't <laughs> wait 20 minutes. It's like immediately. It's like, did you die? No, no because I, 
I know that you're probably sitting on your couch. Well, n- now you have a child, so you're probably sitting on your couch with Gabe. Or you're just sitting there watching TV and you just looked at your phone and then put it back down. God, he's so right, too, because I do the same fucking thing. <laughs> and at that not, point, it's like... Not all the time, you know, but sometimes. Yeah. At, at that point, it becomes, you can ignore someone else, but not me. No, you have an obligation to me. God, Ooh. that is so fucking accurate, though. <laughs> I'll talk about uh, getting nailed to the wall. Oh, man. He's right, though. And I, I don't know if it's just an aversion to technology in general, because I just recently, maybe three months ago, I joined the Twitterverse. And, oh, oh boy. Oh, that's was, a step into was, the 21st century right there. I was not prepared. No, it's a, it is a uh, cesspool. Yes. Exactly. And it's, but, God, the water is so nice, though, that when you step into it, you're like, oh, I feel at home. Oh, man. There, there are days, though. I just, I don't go on Twitter. I'll just see one tweet and I'm like, no. You know what? We're going to veto this for the day. Yeah, not today. I love that you have the the ability to make that judgment call where it's like me. I'm like, I see something. I'm like, oh, I have to get really overly (laughs) involved in this. See, I don't want to be involved, but I want to know. Like, Mm. I don't, I don't necessarily have to be interacting but I want to read it. I want to know. I want all the angles of the story. I want to know all the sides. And then, you know, I make my my fair and balanced judgment, which is probably completely wrong. And through you, I stay informed. Yes. Yeah, I filter for James. Because you'll message me and you're like, oh, man, did you hear about this? I'm like, nope. Oh, that sure is, didn't. You are just describing me and Matt's relationship to a T, <laughs> where I'm the asshole who gets overly involved in shit and my, like, obsessive personality just needs to figure out everything about it. And then I break it down into like a paragraph, 500 words or less, send it to Matt. He reads it and he just sends you back like, okay, yeah, I got it, dude. <laughs> Rick. Yeah, that's exactly how it goes, actually. Yeah. I, I thought we were the only ones with that dynamic, no, but I guess not. podcast <laughs> has the one asshole who does too much and then the other asshole who's just like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, sure. Yeah, James is like, James is the, is the um, I'm the Spock to your Kirk. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's, that's perfect. Exact- yeah, he 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 reins me in. Well, he tries to keep me punctual on things, which I, I admit can be a problem sometimes. You've gotten better. You've gotten better. I have gotten better. Thank you. But uh, I'm mending the wounds yeah. from the missed phone calls right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, and he's he's the the technical player. He's got uh, he's the scheduler. He's the numbers guy. He's kind of the the manager in a sense, and and I'm just the the, the fun people. one. You, you yeah, the, say the fun one. Okay, I wasn't going to, but <laughs> I, I'm the guy that people pay to see. Was... He's the statistical commentator, and then you're the color commentator. Yes, yes, I am the color. I am the rainbow oh, witness. <laughs> I think that's a good transition into kind of talking about the kind of magic that you guys play. That I've went, I've went on a interesting journey. Because for the longest time, I wanted to play control decks. Didn't want to play any other type of magic. It was beneath me. And that that was that was when I was much more of an asshole than I am now. More of an asshole, but not like eliminated the asshole part completely. No, I'm just a smaller one. It is beneath me. A tighter asshole now. Yeah. It was like, no, like go ahead, play your creatures. It's fine. I've got one or two. It's cool. And then I, I actually think Ramanap Red happened. So this is like the Remnant Ruins, Hazaret. Um, I can't think of any other cards in that deck. The Almond Cut standard. Yes. yes. I think it had a braid. 
Yeah, yes, Almond Kit was in it, or Abraid was in Almond Kit. Yeah, Abraid <laughs> is the only card I can remember from Almond Kit, so yeah, that that's the one. And I was like, okay, like this deck seems really cool. Uh, I really like Hazaret for whatever reason at that time. I was like, okay, let's let's check it out. And I've kind of never turned back. Like I've occasionally went back to control decks, but for the most part, like I tend to stay away from mid range decks because I I don't like the grindiness of it. Okay. Strange, strangely enough, but I just enjoy turning creatures sideways anymore. Yeah, what James James enjoys winning as fast as possible. Yes. <laughs> oh, like you want to get the job done, or you just want to get out of there? Yes. Well, it depends on the setting. Like if I'm playing commander or whatever, like I I don't care. I'm I'm committed. I'm here to be here, however long it takes or whatever. If I'm at like an SCG or uh, a GP or well Magic Fest, if we ever have those again. <laughs> then yeah then i'm like mono red infect something let's let's get in get it done get out fnm's kind of a toss-up depends on how i'm feeling yeah you're the the uh the cold assassin give me the fastest deck with the best win condition and the most efficient build and watch me slam or or dream trawler oh dream trawler is decidedly not an aggro card but also a fun card nonetheless I, I, I loved the Dream Trawler, uh, Blue White, like Teferi, Narset, all that stuff. I played that for uh, a pretty good stretch. I, I'm I'm the exact opposite of what James is. <laughs> <laughs> I want, you, you don't even try to kill people at all. I don't. I don't. I want them. I want them to give up. I want them <laughs> to lose hope. I want them to realize that everything they do has no effect on me. It is futile. <laughs> a futile yeah. attempt. I hate to keep throwing out like Star Trek references, but you're the Borg. I am. Now, it's if you would ask anybody who had played against for an objective opinion, they would probably tell you that I look for the slowest, most convoluted way to win a game ever. Correct. And then play. I like to uh, put a shine on underplayed cards. So if there are cards that uh, it could be rares, commons, uncommons, whatever. Something that I didn't feel like was getting enough love in the meta, I would play that to... I, I don't know if it was just for me to be like, oh, this card's really fucking good and nobody saw it but me, but here you go. Or maybe I wanted to just have that story to tell the other people. But it's that a lot of times. And then there's a lot of times where it's just like I want the game that I'm playing to tell a story. Even in the standard competitive setting, you know, I like to be able to like pull up my phone, message my friend and be like, guess what the fuck I did? I did it. <laughs> I did the thing. I casted Finale of Glory for 100. Nobody can stop me. I'm the best magic player ever. There's nothing anybody can do. And all you need to do is do that once and you're like exactly. cloud nine for the past for the next like three months for the whole standard. Well, <laughs> I. I, I walk up to a table he's playing at at Friday Night Magic one night, and he was playing like this. I, I don't even remember the colors. I know that the deck had Panharmonicon and Josu Vess. And I was like, how'd, the, uh, how'd your match go? And he's like, well, I I, uh, I kicked Josu Vess into a Panharmonicon. And I was like, okay, but how'd your match go? He's like, no, I lost. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The winning or the losing is not the important part. It's the kicked Josu that yes. is the important part. Right? That's the important part. I got to do this thing. The opponent couldn't stop it. But did you win? No, of course nope, doesn't not. doesn't matter. But it was cool. You didn't and ask me if I won or lost. You asked me how the match went. 
Yeah, and and see, that was, that's a good uh, point. Good point. Uh, one of our our buddies had replied to one of my tweets because I had casted finale of Glory for like I don't know X twelve or something, but it got copied through Primal Amulet transformed into Primal Wellspring, and so I just had this huge board of tokens, and I did win that one. But it was that's the kind of the jab is uh, he replied to the tweet and he was like, but did you win? And I was like, this time, yes. This time, yes. This time, I, I did. They didn't immediately get wrapped away. Uh, you did actually get to attack with them. Oh, no. No, they scooped. Oh, I love that. <laughs> they, they weren't going to let me have my fun. So, what is it? Is it fair to say that you guys are more <laughs> standard players than anything else? Pre-COVID, yes. So we, when you guys got to play paper, at least, it was more standard. Yeah, absolutely. We, we definitely were getting more into Pioneer whenever everything started falling apart. Yeah, sure. but then the Pioneer started to kick up in popularity right as Magic uh, started to see some of the the downfalls of the coronavirus. Yeah, yeah, we were actually supposed to go to, I think it was SCG Louisville. Yeah, it was. It, it was. it was the weekend that every everywhere shut down. And I called it. I called it like three weeks earlier. I was like, should we be concerned about the tournament in Louisville getting canceled? No, no, no. It's going to be fine. There's only four cases. It's not a big deal. And then like not even two weeks later, they canceled. Well, since everything is kind of shut down as far as paper is concerned, what formats are you guys playing now? For the most part, it's well, I, it's still standard on Arena, but like I I've only play it because... That's generally where I can get, like, the daily quests and things like that finished. But I've been playing a lot of limited. Don't really care what the format is, uh, unless it's Dominaria. I probably spent too many gems while Dominaria was a flashback uh, draft on Arena. And then uh, uh, continuously building commander decks that I can't play right Oh, yeah, same, right? <laughs> I, uh, we, we play our... Our local game store hosts a Friday night magic honoring. Um, so we play standard there. Uh, this past Friday, we did one standard tournament, one historic tournament. Um, I'm breaking into historic still. I'm trying to fill out the meta, especially post Field of the Dead ban. So I've been playing a lot of historic. We've been playing a lot of commander with just our, uh, I guess, just our pod in person. And then I want to say... I'm I'm really probably trying. I'm in over my head because I joined uh, Discord servers for Brawl and Gladiator. I don't know if you've heard anything about Gladiator. Gladiator, I have never heard of that. It's it, it's just Arena Commander. Okay. It's like hundred like Arena decks with a hundred cards. No uh, no actual Commander though. Yeah, no actual Commander. But I think there's like a a sort of like community ban list. Okay, so it's kind of like uh, Canadian Highlander in that yes. sense. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. And I've I've been looking at decks for that, but Arena just had an event for that. It's basically that format, and it was called Super Singleton. But um, the only real way to play it right now is either through a special event or challenge people through. So, huh? Interesting. I think it's a lot of fun. And that seems I, like something people could really get behind. Yeah, it's kind of it's. I guess it's between that and Brawl for the best the best adapted format for commander players on the arena Arena. client. Now you guys don't take it to magic online at all. Do you? I, I actually have it downloaded and am attempting to figure out my card hoarder account. So as soon as I get that figured out, I'm going to try to do some, some commander games on there and maybe, uh, 
definitely going to do some leagues. I want to try out Double Masters Draft if it's still up. But I don't play all that much on Arena unless mm-hmm. there's something on Arena that I'm particularly excited about, whether it's a, like a limited format. Like what, like you said, when Dominaria Flashback was out, I jammed that so hard because Dominaria is such an incredible limited format. And like, I just kind of prefer playing the standard legal sets as far as limited on Arena because I think that client is much more optimized for limited. Especially yeah. now that you can draft with human beings. Which is so much better. But everything else, like, I pretty much stick to Magic Online. One, because I'm a begrudging old man. And I'm like, well, <laughs> Magic Online was here first, so it's obviously better. <laughs> but then also, like, I haven't played Modern in a, in a good while. But if I ever get the hankering to play that format, can't do it on Arena. Have to do it on Magic Online. I have been slowly getting back into my baby. That is Legacy. Because finally, my deck Ooh. is... Uh, actually playable in that format i actually just sold out of legacy oh man legacy is oh, viewer uh, listeners of this podcast will know if there are two formats that the fetch and chalk podcast is known for loving it is legacy on my side and vintage on matt's side those two formats are just so much goddamn fun i i had a sneaking show built and was nearly finished with uh grixis delver Ooh, that's and a deck there's just no scene around our area for legacy. That's the tough part, right? Yeah. And that's why magic online is a godsend. Cause especially now that everything is shut down, I don't get to play paper games of legacy, but if I want to jump on and jam a couple leagues, no harm, no foul. Legacy rooms are always full. Yeah. Yeah. If it seems like if no room is full on magic online, legacy and vintage typically fire. Oh yeah, absolutely. Cause that's where the community I think is the most healthy. Even when, tournaments are going on i'd never have a problem firing a legacy game online because that's where most people even if they can't afford the deck in paper you can definitely afford the deck online like what grixis delver and paper is a couple thousand dollars yeah grixis delver online is like 300 bucks maybe yeah like the the price of a really good standard deck wow yeah exactly which is such a crazy cool thing i did not know that like black lotus on magic online is what like 100 bucks or 100 Not tickets even. or something like that? Not oh, even. really? Oh, wow. Yeah, it is way less than that. Yeah, Black Lotus is, like, dirt cheap. All of the all of the power cards have, like, two, I guess, two printings mm-hmm. on at least Magic Online. One of them is the, the typical, like, old art version. Those yeah. ones are particularly expensive. But <sighs> if you get, like, the Vintage Masters versions, I'm looking it up right now, a Black Lotus on Magic Online from Vintage Masters will run you... Eleven dollars and twenty-one cents. Wow! Oh, <laughs> which is significantly less than the eleven thousand dollars that an unlimited Lotus will cost you in a physical human do- human paper card. Yeah, I'm doing this wrong. wrong. Oh yeah. So if you ever want to get the itch to try to one of these like crazy old weird formats, the best place to do it is online. Because the worst thing that can happen is you fall in love and then you have to dump. $30,000 into a deck. <laughs> <laughs> Is that all? Yeah, that's yeah. the worst yeah, thing that yeah. could happen. That's you fine. Just, that's a small risk. Just mortgage <laughs> your house. Yeah, no big deal. <laughs> I, I'm definitely going to check it out now. I I did not know that it was like 11 bucks. Jeez. Oh, um, yeah. See, I have uh, I have a, an MTGO account, and but the only deck that I ever actually built was Popper Affinity. So that's okay. all I really have on it. And I, I played a lot of pop on Moto, so... I have some Secret layer cards on there. Does that count? 
there are some secret lair cards that are actually more expensive than power. See, I have the tattoo pack, the planeswalkers, and then I just bought the dog one today. Oh, the international dog day. Yes. Fuck because yeah, I, that one's so good. Like I, I'm a sucker for dogs. Once they slapped a dog on it, I was like, well, I guess I'm buying them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You can't turn it down. Another thing is with magic arena or magic online. I mean, that is where I have been playing a lot of magic recently with my mm. new love commander. It's so much fun. It's so oh, much more yeah. fun than I thought it could be. I was never a huge commander fan. Like I had like two commander decks built just of cards that I thought were neat. But when I went to go to events, the primary reason for I went to events was I'm playing in like the modern open. I'm playing eternal weekend for legacy. I'm doing something relating to the main event. Mm -hmm. But now when I go, I'm just going to be like, oh, well, if I jam the main event and then lose the first two rounds, I'm just going to drop and then just play commander the rest of the night because it's just so much fun. It's almost like that feeling where it's like, okay, if I if I scrub out of the main event, I get to play commander. It's a gift. Yeah. 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 It's like, oh, man, sucks. I lost. Oh, well, point me to the table. The, The one good thing that COVID did was make me fall in love with Commander. Yeah, same thing here. And even to that extent, I know that I mentioned this before uh, we started, but there is a Commander format that was was birthed through this entire pandemic thing that me and some of my close friends and uh, friends of the podcast have been playing that we've affectionately titled Wood Nickel. Wood Wood Nickel. Wood Nickel. And it is just the standard Commander rule set, but your deck must be constructed of all cards that are under five cents on Magic Online. I like that. And you would be surprised at how many disgusting cards are under five cents on Magic Online. It is so nuts. Wait, is Teferi's Protection under five cents on Magic Online? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely it is. It is? No, no. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) No, there are some dumb cards. So I went from pre-pandemic having, I think, three Commander decks built. I had two in paper, and then one of the paper ones online and then an additional one online. Since everything is shut down, I have built 15 commander decks on all of them ranging from like a dollar fifty to five dollars. Oh, because yeah, like basic plans are zero dollars on Magic Online. All of the other cards in your 99 are under uh, five cents. Like It is just such a cool format. Yeah, we've talked about getting Magic Online Commander just because it's an easier way to play with a lot of people. I, I imagine before too long we will be there. Well, we, we'll be on Magic Online before too long anyway. Like, our uh, our LGS has a website and we, we'll put up, like, articles or videos or, or stuff up there. And I really, I have I have a hankering to play some modern. See, I'm in the Pioneer. Like, I, I want to play some Pioneer. Oh, see, I haven't played either of those formats in so long. I never actually got a chance to dive deep into Pioneer. I knew immediately that they were there were spirits in that format. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to do that. And then I built spirits. I played like two leagues on Magic Online and then lost to all of the combo decks in the format a million times. Yeah. And that that, felt so bad. Now the combo decks are gone. Uh, Unfortunately, I was one of those people that was playing Inverter, so... Oh, so you're one of those dirty, those dirty. Yeah, right. Just, like, Isn't he just dreams. disgusting? Like, I don't well, even look at him. <laughs> I, I'm also the, I like, I'm also the guy who like fell out of love with modern once they banned Splinter Twin. I, I had that deck from, let's see, what was it? I think it was PT Return to Ravnica. Like the first, the first modern event, like I saw the deck and I was like, okay, this is, 
this is so cool. So immediately went and like traded and bought and everything and picked up the entire deck and changed it throughout the time and just played it the entire time that it was legal. Never thought it was going to get banned. Finally got the axe. I'm like, okay, this format sucks. Never going to play it again. And then, then I started playing Death Shadow. I was also the uh, the Splinter Twin player that had my dreams taken from me by Wizards of the Coast. Thank you, Wizards. Yeah. But then once that rotated out, I was just like, okay, I'm not going to play the optimal deck in this format. And then I moved to every single janky garbage pile I could possibly find. Like I played mono blue Tron. I played like four color gifts ungiven. I played so many awful decks during that time. And that was one of the most fun times I've ever had in magic. Okay, okay, you got to give me at least two more decks that you played because I played Mono Blue and Four Color Gifts Ungiven. Oh, see, I love Four Color Gifts Ungiven. I made the Gifts Ungiven deck into Blue White Tron with yeah. Gifts Ungiven. That deck was awesome. And then when Spirits came out in Shadows Over Innistrad, that's where I <sighs> planted my flag in the sand and said, "Nope, I'm going to do Esper Spirits." Like the the Spirits the Spirits decks in any format are so. It's almost weird because it's a tribal deck and people have this kind of low opinion of tribal decks and so and whatnot. But you're just all of a sudden dead. It's like they play play a couple creatures. Here's a couple spirits. Collect a company. Okay, attack you for 12. It's like, well, oh. Oh, see, I was the hipster in that. I know we talked about being the hipster. I was the PBR of spirits players. Yeah. <laughs> where I refused to play collected company because I thought that card was not as good as people were saying. Turns out I was wrong. But, uh. I played Esper and I played Aether Vial because Aether Vial is the best card ever printed. Oh, it, is, it's so That stupid. is an objective fact. <laughs> but I played Esper Spirits with Lingering Souls as my black spot. I love Lingering Souls from like the Delver days, though. Like standard Delver. Standard Delver with the... like Yeah, um, it was Innistrad and uh, Scards of Mirrodin? Yeah. That, yeah, was, uh, yeah, that was it. I, I played the Drug Skull Captain version. Oh, yeah. Draw Skull Captain has a very, very close piece of my heart. Oh, man. That card's so good. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, I, it, it's even, it's really bad. It's such a pitfall now that I'm into Commander because I have I have a foil Draw Skull Captain that I've had since, like, I, I pack, uh, open it in a pack, and I keep coming across it. I'm like, oh, man, I could do Spirits. <sighs> it's not going to be as good. No, absolutely not. And I've, I, we covered this on a podcast before of cards that we want to brew with in commander but we just haven't got around to it draws call captain is one of those cards and the only reason why i have not built a spirits deck is because they have not printed an esper commander that works with spirits in the way that i feel is necessary for that deck with, with getting into commander more uh, i've come to the realization i i guess consciously like i always kind of knew it before but commander is what kind of drives the game like it, it's really what drives the secondary market. Like they're outside of your standard bombs or whatever, but there are cards that I've discovered that I own that are like $20 and I have no godly clue why. And then <laughs> and that's, that's the find, inside joke that you're yeah. just like, why is this card worth anything? Oh, commander. We're, we're playing some games a couple weeks ago and someone mentioned needing a smothering tithe. And I was like, yeah, I think I have like five or six of them. Oh, yeah, and they're like they're like fifteen bucks. What? Mm -hmm. Why? Why are they fifteen dollars? Oh, commander. Yeah, and it's it's like okay, if I were wizards, and I'm not, and you'll find out why. 
I would just start printing things that I know that the commander community wants. Like, yes, you you know, it, it's good to keep your competitive veins and everything alive. But if, you know, if, for, for example, if the Esper Spirits Commander is something that enough people want, just print it. People are going to buy the product that it's in. Yeah. Yeah, Commander is the player's format. Yeah. Yes. And I think Wizards is a little bit salty about that because they didn't come up with it. Like a bunch of players came up with it. But that's the thing. If something that players want so much to the point where they're going to make it themselves, Wizards needs to embrace that because you're selling cards to the players. Exactly. Nailed it. Yeah. So who are, if you had to pick one commander as your number one, what is it? it, It's probably Niv-Mizzapura and I've just had too much fun playing that deck. My most played is Marin. Um, And then I think probably my favorite though is Carador. Ghost Chieftain. Is that oh, right? Well, Carador, yeah, Carador yeah, Ghost Chieftain. He is legal in Wood Nickel, if that interests you at all. <gasps> um, Absolutely. I, I already have, um, I have this written down on a Google Doc. Wood Nickel, Commander with each card under five cents on Magic Online. Yeah, Carador definitely. <laughs> Carador is two cents on Magic Online because I most certainly have a Carador deck. The only bad thing is all of the really good reanimation targets are bad. So instead <laughs> of doing uh, good reanimation targets, I just jammed all of the awful demons and my win condition in the deck is uh, Liliana's contract. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, that's yep. cool. That's so all awesome. I have to do is control four more demons and then I don't actually have to attack with my bad creatures. I could just have them there. <laughs> the first uh, the first game I played in paper with Caridor, um, I ended up just looping Eternal Witness and Eerie Ultimatum. So oh, yeah, everything came back, everything died, everything came back, everything. And I was like, this is this is my shit. This is my kind of deck. And so, like, I'm just rolling through Obzon colored commanders. So I've got Carador. I'm working on a Kethis Planeswalkers deck. Um, but I, I'm interested in the the commander in Magic Online because I think that's going to be a lot cheaper to get into. If it You're... tickles your fancy at all, Eerie Ultimatum also Wood Nickel approved. Wood Nickel is is quickly becoming my thing. Oh, I yes. taking over the I, world. Let's go. I I'm going to build a deck for sure. Absolutely. You, you we all, will indoctrinate you into the tribe of Wood Nickel. You also left out Jeremy that you lost that game. I did. I did lose that game. <laughs> but again, but did I did I though winning. because I think it was one of those like I had the power at one point to win the game and I just didn't. Like I was I was a merciful Overlord of the table. Oh, a benevolent god, <laughs> and that ended up coming back and biting you in the ass. Oh, it always does. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, I could have, but I didn't, so I just won't talk about it. <laughs> no, but you did get to do the thing with uh, Eternal Witness. Oh, yeah. Now, I, as far as Commander goes, I am much more into, like, being able to do the thing. Like, I want to do what my deck does. If you kill me or whatever, fine. But I, I did it. I, I've definitely adopted that that mentality from Jeremy, for sure. I've got this... Uh, like, I don't want to kill anybody unless I can kill everybody, kind oh. of. Yeah, like, like it, there was uh, there was one night we were playing, and uh, Lane had brought a deck, and it was like Seth Ron Minotaurs. And I was like, I don't know what to do with this deck. Don't and you mean like, Battle Cows? Yeah, Battle Cows. Battle Cows <laughs> is the perfect fucking name. <laughs> yeah, Battle Cows. And... Like, I was like, I don't know how to win with battle cows. And it's like, okay, well, you just do damage. You just attack. I'm not used to that. I'm, you know, I'm trying to find, like, I'll put out a bunch of creatures, but they never hit anybody. They're just there for show. 
And so I'm playing this deck that's, you know, damage-centric. And so I just start ta- attacking people. Like, I just go around the table. Like, oh, you know, attack you this turn, attack you this turn. And I'm just like, man, this yeah, is... communism root. Everybody yeah. gets a little bit. <laughs> this is... Yeah, it, I'm an equal opportunity damage dealer. <laughs> and it just it just wasn't my thing. And I was like, I think that that's the way I play commanders. Like, when I win, everybody dies. If I can't kill everybody, there's no sense in trying to, to beat anybody. Yeah, you want to do the one big flashy thing. And then if you can't do the one big flashy thing, like what's what's the point of being here at all? See, I I thought that you would have liked the the turn that I killed with Niv Mizzet with the Dockside Extortionist making oh, 12 treasure tokens. That was disgusting. I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't cool, but that card, that's a little bit too gross. Dockside Extortionist is uh, something else. Oh, it, well, I mean, between you, you got to imagine that the majority of commander pods won't mulligan hands that have like artifact mana rocks. You got your, your thought vessels, your mana crypts, your signets, what, whatever the case may be. And so you could play extortionist on like turn three and end up with like 12 treasure tokens. Like that's not, that's not out all. of the realm of possibility at, at all. So the card's dumb. <laughs> this is a dumb card. Absolutely. Well, we but, talked about some of the things that we like in commander. What are some of the, like the no goes, like some of the things that you guys can't stand in a commander. <laughs> Go ahead and say it, James. Go ahead. I don't, don't, don't take my stuff. <laughs> I, I don't think I'm a fan of land destruction. No, um, I think that's a kind of a commander taboo for for my group at least. Um, yeah, in most board lock situations, like even like I, okay if you're playing this super high power level CEDH game and and the goal is to just outright win you're not really trying to have fun you're not trying to socialize you're you're just trying to win then sure that that's that's probably not a pod I'm going to be a part of anyway mm-hmm. or at least for that game but if you're just in you know if we're just dicking around on a Thursday or Friday night yeah that kind of stuff is unwelcome that's a no-fly zone. I agree. Like anything that can make a game not fun. I mean, I, I'm aware that stacks and land destruction fall under that. But if it's just like if if a deck sits down, if somebody sits down at the table with a deck and their their commander is one that like you just know, like yes, we're probably going to lose through damage or or whatever. But it's just not going to be a good time. It's like, do we really have to do this? Like I, I'm I'm all for people playing what they want and, and you know expressing themselves through the game how they they see fit. But you got to know, you got to know if you sit down with like. Cast storm and you're going to kill everybody on turn four. No, nobody's going to want to play with you. Yeah, like it's, those people do a, make the conscious decision to be a dick. Yeah, they have. To. I didn't fully understand the power ranking and everything in commander, and also didn't understand that there are certain just kill on site commander. Oh yeah. So I decided to make a purchase, and that purchase was attracts a Praetor's voice and Edgar Markov. Oh, so two of the kill on site commanders. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, in my defense, I misread Atraxa. I thought it was uh, whenever it duck combat damage. No. And I was like, well, it can't, no. can't be that bad. Come on. Like, you just block it. It's whatever. And <laughs> I'm talking about these two decks. I'm like, Vampire Tribal is going to be kind of sweet. Like, you know, I, I can't be that powerful. Like, it's a tribal deck, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, Atraxa Planeswalkers. That's got to be kind of cool. And I was informed. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody dropped that knowledge on you. 
Yeah, so those decks have been pushed to the back of my uh, in-process box. It's like, eh, let's let's wait until, uh, I don't know, someone in my commander group, like, pisses me off. Yeah, those are both very uh, hard commanders to, to deal with. So when you see them, you're just like, ah, maybe this person shouldn't live to the point of them seeing that commander. Yeah, I, it's bad enough that I have the Jura Weatherlight Captain and I have Pier and Toothy. Oh, those and, are both also very good commanders. Yes. And the, the same thing the same thing went for those. I was like, I love these cards. So apparently I just don't like fair commanders. I think that might be what we just what we just got to the bottom of. It's that you just like <laughs> awful fucking cards. Right. I, I I am I am currently I think four cards away from finishing Gishath and it's just dinosaurs, no shenanigans. Sure, that sure. <laughs> That's what they always say. <laughs> there let's see, I don't even think I have Teferi's protection in this. Oh, oh well that's convenient. Embrace embrace the heel, just lean into it. <laughs> just be the heel of your commander group. Always bring something that everybody's just like, uh, no fuck you, dude. Why did you do this? And then you're just gonna gather the heat at the beginning. And then once you ev- eventually develop your game plan, you just kill everybody else. That's pretty much yeah. how it goes now. I don't see. I don't. I have a thing about commanders that like they just straight up hose entire archetypes. So like, um, like I get like a twitch in my eye when I sit down with this really cool graveyard deck and somebody plays Anafenza as their commander. Oh, just like oh. Oh, cool. The thing that I wanted to do not happening. Yeah. Not nope. This, this this game's... Nope. Yeah, I have so, a five-color cycling deck that... Uh, oh, cool. Yeah, it's super sweet. Love it. It's it's a blast. Um, I, One of my friends has Sir Conrad. Oh, yeah. I love Sir <laughs> Yeah, you don't love it when you're cycling no. creatures. No. Oh. No, you don't. It feels <laughs> pretty bad. <laughs> oh, man. I imagine Conrad on just about... Conrad's got to be one of those kill on side cards in Commander 2 because everybody's up. usually doing something to graveyard. Man, wow. See, now I'm like, I'm going to have to Conrad as Commander. Yeah. <laughs> Conrad is uh, Wood Nickel approved as well. Man, I know I'm pushing the Wood Nickel thing like, pretty hard right now. Uh, I'm just the, the face of Wood Nickel at this point. <laughs> yep. Yeah, now you're, you're our poster child, our target market for Wood Nickel. Oh, yes. yes. If somebody There's... hears a card and he's just like, oh. Oh, this is something I'm into. You know, I'm going to be at work one day sitting in my car with the windows uh, down. I'm going to be looking at like EDH rec or something. And I'm just going to scream, man, I really love wood nickel. And like people in the parking lot are going to be like, what the fuck's that guy talking about? We need to get help. Should we call the police? <laughs> is this guy going to be okay? I'm going to be mid uh, Zendikar preview season just seeing like, oh man, this would be sweet. I wonder if it's wood nickel. Right? Can't wait, can't wait for this thing to fall under five cents. <laughs> I can't even tell you how many cards out of Corset 2021 that I saw. And I was just like, God, please don't be good enough to be over five cents on, <laughs> on Magic Online. I, I hope this card's terrible. Uh, I'll just be that jackass that just every card I want to play is seven cents. Oh. Yeah, no, that seems right. Well, that's because you like only good cards and only good cards <laughs> over seven over five cents. Actually, hold on. I, I, need to, I need to defend myself here. My favorite card of all time in Magic is Civilized Scholar. Civilized Scholar? I don't actually even know what that card is. It is a... It's uh, from the original Innistrad set. It's two and a blue for a zero one. I'm pretty sure it's a zero oh, one. I know exactly what you're talking about. That's the one that flips in. It's the Jekyll and Hyde one. Yep. Yes. Favorite card of all time. 
That is such a good pick. That doesn't absolve your sins. No, but owning an unhealthy amount of foils of that card does. Oh, uh, see, I own an unhealthy amount of copies of a, a lot of cards that are very, very bad. Me too. So I, I'll, <laughs> I'll give you a pass for that one. Like Unruly Mob from original Innistrad. Oh, I like Unruly Mob. I actually no. own the original art for Unruly Mob. You're shitting me. Because I love that card so much. Isn't that like when, uh, when a creature dies, you put a counter on it? Absolutely, that is the card. Wow. I uh that's cool. In Innistrad's my favorite plane of magic. So like I I'll be on you could tell me that your favorite card in magic is the Evolving Wilds from Dark Ascension, and I'll probably be on board. That is a really fucking good Evolving Wilds with like the like the falling church. Yes. Or like the old overgrown church. Yeah, that's such a good evolving wilds art. That was my I think I think the uh my favorite ghost quarter art came from Estrad. Where you oh, have like, a carriage in front of the I'm also a degenerate that if I love a deck and I know that I'm never going to get rid of it, I uh, I white border all of the cards in it. Oh, no. So I take the border and I erase. <laughs> I knew he was going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so I have an entirely white bordered legacy death and taxes list. And even the cards that come in white borders, I specifically bought back border versions and then took the black border off. <laughs> like I have the Ice Age Swords of Plowshare because that's the best art. I have planes that aren't white border that I blacked out or that I whited out. I most nice. certainly have those Innistrad Ghost Quarters white borders uh, in my collection so somewhere. Do you do you prefer white borders? Oh, absolutely. Because uh. it is the it's it does the thing that it's doing to you right now, where yes. you have this like visceral reaction to it. Where you're just like, I hate this. I don't like it. And I'm sitting there. I'm just like, oh yeah. I know you don't. <laughs> I think I've got some white border Tron lands, but yes. Oh, I have white border sleight of hand. Oh, I like that. I have white border antiquity Tron land Ugh. that I actually took the borders off. of. I'm fine with white border cards. I, I don't understand the hate for cards. Oh, see, I love it. I actually prefer white border cards because of the affliction that people have towards them. <laughs> I like white border cards because other people hate white border cards. Yeah, yeah no, yeah, you nailed it. I, I don't, I don't have a good reason for why I don't like them. I just <laughs> do not like the way it looks. You would love my legacy deck. It's mono white, I, white border. I don't know. I, be, the fact that it's mono white, I might not hate it as much. Okay, but, that's oh cool. man, like if I see, I don't know, like a white border thought sees, like I'm like getting this weird cringy feeling thinking about it. Oh, if somebody wants to send me white border or a thought seize to white border, I would be more than happy to do. That. <laughs> oh, what about surgical extraction? How do you feel about white border surgical extraction? Oh no, come on, no. I do have that. <laughs> mm. See, but that. Oh man, see that it's got such a dark art, like color or palette wise and subject matter and everything. Just no, like cards like that don't no. White them borders, <laughs> baby. Let's go. <laughs> oh yeah. So wait, how do you how do you feel about the borderless cards though? Oh, I want to buy them and then put a white border around them. <laughs> <laughs> like I want to get four of the uh, box topper Stoneforge Mystic. Yeah. And put white borders around them. Okay, that's, is it weird? That's fantastic. Is it weird that I enjoy that? <laughs> no, that's perfect. I I hate the white border thing, but I wholeheartedly in, in, endorse putting borders on borderless cards. Don't give don't give me your bordered cards. I'll make mine. Yeah, nice nice fancy extended borders, guys. Uh, how about I not do that? I take everything I love Wizard it. Love, 
and turn it against them. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> that's great, actually. Well, I mean, as magic players in general, we have such a love-hate relationship with wizards. Is it? It's true that I just want to turn myself against wizards. <laughs> but like, also, still, I will buy your cards, I guess, wizards. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna destroy them. You're gonna make money off me, but. You're not going to like how you do it. Wizards has the last laugh every time, though. God damn it, Wizards. Oh, they really do. Like, they're, they're never going to not make money, so... That's what I tell people when the B&R rolls around, like, every little bit. I'm like, are you really going to quit the game? The answer is right. usually no. And it's like, okay, like, get pissed off, bitch about it for a couple hours, and then just sleeve up your deck and go about your business. Like, no, it's yeah, so and that's, that's exactly what I did when, like, Splinter Twin was banned, all this different stuff. I'm just like, oh, well... I'm quitting the game. And then 20 minutes later, I'm like, oh, fucking what deck should I play now? God damn. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like, no, modern sucks. I'm never playing again. Hey, are you going to modern this week? Yeah, like, I got to find a deck, yeah, I fuck, guess. I guess I got to go buy $100 worth of cards to go do that. God damn it. Thanks, wizards. Now I just have play sets of fetch lands that just sit in my binder and just don't do anything. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Now, fellas, I got one more question to ask you. Your podcast title, yeah. Destroy Target Permanent. Do you have a favorite removal? Because like a name <laughs> like that, I feel like you guys had to have put thought into it. Yes. <laughs> well, we I put actually, some thought into it. Yeah, I actually have a couple. But do you, do you want to go first, Jeremy? Oh, man. I don't Like any spell that is removal. <laughs> well, I mean, you got to have one. You can break it down to format, too. I'm okay it's... with like different entries from different format. Oh, okay. We can do that. Oh, uh, <laughs> So I really like Lux Cannon a lot. Ooh, that's <laughs> one I did not see coming. So there has to be a story behind that. Well, I recent I, I like the card so much that I recently used it in a sort of um, radio drama segment in the last episode of our podcast. I think it went up today, actually. Um, but it's I don't know. It's just like death on a card, you know, like. It's, I don't know, every, it seems like every sci-fi story's got some kind of doom laser, and that's Magic's doom laser. So, counters on it, blow things up, okay. Yeah, and then, I think, <laughs> I don't know, there's, there are a lot of destroy target permanent cards. Spine of Ishsaw is oh, a, good a good one. Oh, that's a, the, that's a really good one. Seven man artifact? Yes. Yeah. And then, Assassin's Trophy's really good. I don't. I don't know if I have. A, I think Lux Cannon's got to be. But Lux Cannon is a good top pick. Um, <laughs> I guess uh, I'm gonna go by format. I guess in modern, I gotta say Lightning Bolt. I've probably cast more Lightning Bolts than I have any other removals, though. That's fair. Um, if we're if we're going with just destroying, probably Abrupt Decay. Okay, that's oh, another that awesome, all absolute monster in modern and pioneer. While I didn't, I didn't get to play it, but I own the card now because I sold out of legs. I I really really enjoy Toxic Deluge. Oh no, you're a monster! <laughs> oh, that's one of my all time least favorite cards. <laughs> um, see, I don't know, I don't know what it would be right now in standard. Probably eliminate because as much of a spiky player as I am, I extremely enjoyed killing three mana Teferi when I had the opportunity. No, that's yeah. It, Cause three mana Teferi is one of the worst cards ever printed. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. One of the most miserable cards I've ever had. The uh, satisfaction of killing is Teferi. Okay. I, I have a question for you just to, and Jeremy, this will be the end of the discussion. Agreed. Oh no, not without context. No, no. <laughs> 
is put a full period on that. Which which Teferi Planeswalker card is worse? The uh, three I don't the, know. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> no, wait a no. minute. I don't know if that's a fair question. No, it's a fair. It's a fair question. Okay. The, the in three context. Mana, okay. All right. Go ahead. The, the three mana blue white Teferi or Teferi Master of Time. Is that the original Teferi that's a creature? No, 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 no. Uh, oh, Master of Time. Is that the commander one? No, it's, a core, it's the, the Core 2021 one. Oh, yeah. the uh, the one that you can do at instant speed. Yeah. Yes. I mean, if we're just going to say, in general, what's the worst one? Like, which is the more painful one to play against? Oh, it's going to always 100% of the time be three mana to vary. Thank you. That card, the, it says text on it that says target opponent can't play the game anymore. Yes. And that is such a bad, bad, bad feel. Yeah, yes. we... We're playing Magic, not Hearthstone. I okay. I have... Uh, I When we talked about things that we don't like in Magic, I really should have said extra turns because I <laughs> Okay, so that's turns. where the disdain for uh, new, new Teferi. Yeah, new Fairy is going to be... Is going to be... Oh, man. It's going to be so... It, okay, it may not be great right now. It's But that card is 1,000% going to be dumb at some point yes yeah yeah yes. it is and at Absolutely. least at least with okay so if 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 i'm going to try to make objective objectively constructive argument uh, on why for like new fairy is worse it's okay so you try to bolt it sure it activates at instant speed so it gets out of bolt ring uh it's never profitable to attack it ever um eliminate doesn't kill it uh abrupt decay doesn't kill it i don't know any number of things that would normally kill three mana costs or less don't kill it a lot of burn still spells don't kill it it's just got evasion for days and i think somebody's gonna break it and it's gonna be it'll be the end and we will forget all about three fairy and new fairy will be the the end of days assassin trophy kills it <laughs> Yeah, and then you give them a land so they can play another one. I think everything you said is correct, except for that would have never been the case as long as three mana Teferi was in in running with it. Now that three mana Teferi is gone, maybe people are going to start moving to new fairy and figure out what the hell he can do. But his abilities being able to activate at instant speed on your opponent's turn is dumb. It gets as, absurd. Especially in what format, James? What, Commander? Yes. I don't know what you're talking oh, about. Oh, yeah. That's dumb. <laughs> Extra dumb. Oh, yeah, what's that? You got six good. loyalty counters in one turn? Sure. Hey, one Commander, revolution can you ultimate table. after you the turn you play it if nobody attacks it? Yes. Yes. That's fucked. Right? That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Oh, that's so good. I was just thinking about it from a like a like competitive constructed aspect. Oh, no. It's super stupid. No, it's... in Commander, that card is dumb. I am so glad that card is not under five cents. <laughs> Yeah, see, there you go. Jeremy. And then you had Not you had legal. Yeah, and well, he didn't even have to wait a whole a whole run around the table because it was um, what did you have out? Was it hardness I, scales? I did. No. I did wait until it got back to me. Though. But you didn't have to, and that's the power that's of the That's the card. worst part. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like I could double the number of counters that go on my Teferi that I can activate in instant speed. So he waits until I don't know. It was like. The it end was, of it was the turn before me. Yeah, and then he activates it on their turn, and then takes three turns. Yeah, that that math checks out. That's pretty brutal. Yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm definitely not sitting over here saying that just a fairy 
as a whole is just a all-time first ballot Hall of Famer scumbag in Magic. He's, he I might mean, be the worst character. He he's had some redemption since Dominaria. Like he's not as big of an ass as he was back in the day. But he's still he's still kind of pretentious and stuff. I don't think I've ever liked it, the fairy card. <laughs> like oh, so like I'll five mana to fairy. Five mana to fairy was fine. I I'll play them. But oh man, I really I hated five. Ma- I I hated Hero of Dominaria more than fairy. Hated you. You had to play against that one a lot though. Yeah, I did. It was all over the place. It was chewing up the meta at our LGS. That seems brutal. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, I have... Oh, man, Teferi. Oh, just the Alter worst. Alter Fairies are also kind of removal spells, too. Yeah. So that fits yeah. into the destroy target permanent thing. So you guys have to claim that card. Yeah. that That's going to be our new art. Just all the Teferis. Shut your mouth. I just want to see... Yeah, I want to see just your, your guys' avatars but now turned into you guys in just Teferi cloaks. Oh, that's fantastic. No. no. <laughs> one of you is like the one new Teferi art and the other one is the slightly different new Teferi art. I will I will cosplay Tybalt before I cosplay Teferi. Oh, boy. Like. That's really some hurtful <laughs> words cost my boy Tybalt. <laughs> See, like, uh, Tybalt's a sweet character and the, the War of the Spark Tybalt was actually... I really like that. Yeah, it was. It was good. Nope, original Tibble. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Chaos himself. OG Tibble. Yep. I want to pay two red for. Uh, I don't know. Well, I don't know what's gonna happen. That's what I want out of my planeswalkers. You you don't want Ren and Six for two mana? Okay. You keep bringing up cards that are my all time <laughs> least favorite cards. Of ever. <laughs> like you've listed two out of the three cards that I've hated more than anything else. The only one left is for you to bring up Coligan's Command. Oh and man, I oh, really hate. Thank you. Oh, part. thank you. Oh, because I was a big affinity player in modern, and that was just like such a hard beat. Because it's like, okay, do two damage, kill this creature, and we'll destroy an artifact. Well, I guess yeah. I'll I'll scoot my Grixis Death Shadow tech away from the computer. Yep, yeah. that, I appreciate that because <laughs> I, I could That's smell it on you through the microphone. <laughs> just... I knew there was a colon command somewhere. <laughs> just looking to destroy my Aether Vial and kill my Mother of Ruins. Oh, yes. Oh, I hate it so oh, much. Oh, absolutely. Oh, man. Put it in the trash. And then you just cast the next one and it kills a creature and then gets back a Snapcaster Mage. And oh, man. The third is... one. The oh, worst. I want to die every time I see that card. I don't know. Yeah, it's... Take him in like snapcaster and cake and i just like i was like okay do That's i just scoop here because i don't know if i can come back see know. i'm you guys bring that up and i'm like fantasizing oh god go to your room <laughs> giving you your future wet dreams with calling yeah. command oh and man snapcaster like, mage. as soon as you said snapcaster mage I was like oh man you can do that yeah, oh yeah Ugh, put that boner away james <laughs> <laughs> All right, fellas. Well, are you guys ready to play a little bit of a game? More than ready. In I mean, we... I don't lose, so. <laughs> oh, see, I, I am so Ooh. happy that we decided before uh, we started recording that this is going to be a versus instead of a uh, team effort. Oh, boy. That really spices this meatball up quite a bit. I'm ready. Now, you guys are vaguely familiar, but for anybody out there who isn't familiar, every week... We like to play a game that we call Accumulated Knowledge. In this game, I go to the Scryfall website and I hit the random card generating button. A random card pops up and I am going to ask these fine fellows the name of that card. They have to give me the converted mana cost of that card 
the way that I think we're going to do it this week is first one, two, three correct answers. Okay. And we'll mm-hmm. alternate back and forth. And you guys get two hints. Okay. And that hint could be okay. what set the cards from, what the card does, what's the power and toughness if you think it's a creature, anything like that. I would say do like rock, paper, scissors, but obviously can't see each other. No, we, we'll, I'll, I'll let Jeremy go first. Oh, what a oh, gentleman. Aren't you a gentleman? <laughs> I love that. A little bit of a little bit of gamesmanship going on already. No, he's feel, he's he's letting me go first so I can be the guinea pig. So he, oh, <laughs> so he wants to. Uh, okay, so a gamesmanship, but in the other sense of it. Yeah, yeah, he's conniving. I can't like. All right, Jeremy, your first card. I think this one's pretty gettable. It is Colossipede. Colossipede. Oh man, you just need the number, or you want like the exact cost? I want the exact mana cost with all the pips <sighs> and everything involved. And we get two hints. You can get two hints, but that's in like the total of the game. Oh no! How many cards? How many? How many are we doing? Till somebody gets three. Oh no! <laughs> Colossus. Oh no! <laughs> this is terrible. Oh <laughs> man! Do we just get the one guess? Yeah, just one guess. I will give oh. you one free hint. Okay. This one is is legal in wood nickel. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with four generic two green. Fortunary two green. Is that your final answer? That is my final answer. That is so disgustingly close without actually being right. It is Damn. four and one green. No. Just a classic vanilla five, five, four, five. It is a creature insect. It is from Almond Cat. Wow. Oh, you really wish you could have got that one back. Damn. Well, I am proud that I was close, though. You were. Yeah, incredibly close. That's actually closer than I get on a lot of the ones that I get from Matt because when we do it on the podcast, usually Matt asks me one week and then I ask him the other week. Matt is a fucking savant at this game and he gets things that I would have never heard of in my entire life. And then mm. I am like dyslexic when it comes to magic cards. <laughs> cards that I know I don't even remember what they are. Oh yeah the mana cost is an odd thing to try to to try to guess because we we do a similar game um where it's like 20 questions for the like one specific card but yeah the mana costs that's so much more challenging it is not easy all right james are you ready for your first card i am suck it james it is necromancer dragon (laughs) oh wow okay um (laughs) oh man i don't know it i'm just laughing because i don't think he does either (laughs) (laughs) no i don't even know i don't i don't Oh, man. I don't know if I even know what this card is. Um, I will tell you it is also wood nickel legal. Okay. Um, I'm going to... Okay. I I don't know why, but something's telling me five black black. Five black black. That's just your inner dragon lord. Apparently. And I'm going to go with five black black. I can't can't get away from it. Okay, that's fair. Um, It is three blue black. Three blue black. So it's five in a total. It is uh, one of Silumgar's cards from uh, Dragons of Tarkir. Oh, okay. Yeah, it is a rare. It is a obviously a dragon creature. It is a 4-4 flyer and says whenever Necromancer Dragon deals combat damage to a player, you may pay two generic mana. If you do, put a 2-2 black zombie creature token on the battlefield and each opponent puts the top two cards of his or her library into his or her graveyard. I recall this card being pretty disgusting and limited. That, that's what I was thinking. I, I'm pretty sure that I've lost to that card a couple times. Just like making zombies and milling your opponent. 
while also just being a huge dragon. I uh, five mana four for a flyer. Nothing to scoff at. I, I would I would just play that. Just by itself. Yeah, I was close, oh. but I failed. Oh, so sad. So we, yeah, we are all <laughs> tied up here at Tornado Stadium at zero zero. Are you ready for your next card, Jeremy? As ready as I'm gonna be. <laughs> this one's another very cool one. Youthful Scholar. I remember this one fondly from uh, It's Days in Limited. Uh, two and a blue. Oh, you were so close, too. It's three and a blue. <laughs> oh, you you were just a touch away every time. Forever one pip. <laughs> Youthful uh. Scholar, three and a blue for a 2-2. Whenever it dies, draw two cards from Dragons of Tarkir. Another Dragons of Tarkir card. Well. I feel like we're going to get... Okay, that's an onset card. <laughs> Do you know what sorry is, by chance? No. <laughs> yep, we're going to pass that one up because that doesn't seem like the uh, the play there. Sorry was a, a blue-blue counterspell that did some shenanigans. Oh, this is a good one. A Commander All-Star, Greater Good. Oh, okay. I actually know this one. Okay, I can picture the art and everything. There is wisdom to be gained in death, whether it be one's own or someone else's. That is I, such a good flavor mm, type. Holy shit. I know, I know it's four mana, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out if I want to go with three and a green or two green green. Oh, that is the, the eternal struggle. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with two green green. Two green green. Is that your final answer? That is my final answer. Oh, as another little tidbit of information, it is wood nickel legal. But it also is two green green. <gasps> yes! Oh, James is on the board with one. Yeah, greater good is an enchantment that says sacrifice a creature, draw cards equal to sacrifice creature's power, then discard three cards. If this Rolls isn't in your, in your Corridor deck, uh, I, 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 I don't know what you're doing. Write that down, Jeremy. Well, it wasn't my character, but uh, hopefully I'll recognize the card anyway. <laughs> I was I was just speaking to the royal we of oh. everybody who's ever listened to the Fetch Dog podcast. If they are not playing greater good in Carador, free sacrifice outlet, sign me up. Oh, we got another really good one. Jeremy, I think this one is going to put you on the board as well. Okay. It is Goblin Chain Whirler. Oh, give me that triple red. Oh, look at that. Not even a yeah. stutter. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are all tied up again. One one. Yeah, Goblin Chain Whirler, the classic 3-3 for three red mana, has first strike, and then whenever it enters the battlefield, it deals one damage to each opponent and each creature and planeswalker they control. Oh, yeah. That card was a menace. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 it was. (laughs) Oh, boy, the Scryfall gods are shining down on you guys right now. James, are you ready for your, uh, your next card? I am. It is Big Mama herself, Emrakul, the Aeons Torn. Oh, <laughs> this is this is fifteen generic mana. Emrakul, the Aeons Torn is fifteen generic mana. You are right. Yeah, Could that be. one. That one's a good one. Originally from Rise of Eldrazi, uh, she does a lot. <laughs> yeah, she is a fifteen fifteen yeah. for starters. A legendary Eldrazi creature. Uh, she can't be countered. And then whenever you cast her, you take an extra turn. She has flying protection from colored spells and Annihilator 6. And then whenever Emrakul is put into the graveyard from anywhere, shuffle it from its owner's graveyard into their library. That is I a f- uh, very powerful magic gathering. I feel like Emrakul is like like the way you read the, the text is like the grand prize at the end of an episode of The Price is Right. <laughs> it's like, tell them what they got, Johnny. Well... The, the Aeon's Torn package. 
it involves not being countered, protection from colored spells, Annihilator <laughs> 6. I love it. And I just noticed that. I don't know if this is on the promo. No, it's on the original one, too. It doesn't say Emrakul's full name, like Emrakul the Aeon's Torn. On some of the text lines, it just says Emrakul. Oh, Emrakul's like Madonna. Yeah. <laughs> what was it? Uh, we Mercul, one Mercul, Emrakul. Oh, yeah. Oh, geez. I can't believe this one. <laughs> oh, Again. man. Scryfall giving a smile to the boys. It <sighs> is Atraxa Praetor's voice. Oh, no. Do you really not know this one? Is it? It's, it's one of each, right? Is it? Like one. Yeah. Wait, or maybe there's one. Is there one generic and then one of each? Shit! Now I'm second guessing. Oh no! Oh, oh boys, if you were curious, both Emrakul and Atraxa are not wood nickel legal. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Wooberg for Atraxa. Wooberg, is that your final answer? That is my final answer. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh. It is Wooberg minus the red. Oh man. So. Atraxa is a green, a white, a blue, and a black mana for a legendary creature. Angel Horror has flying, vigilance, death touch, lifelink, and at the beginning of your end step, you proliferate. That card is, oh, that's a spicy meatball. I'm sad. <laughs> Uh-oh, you could lock it up here. Game point. Good luck. I hope um, you this lose. One I think is a little challenging, maybe. It is Black Knight. Oh, okay. It has oh, been printed approximately a million times. Oh, 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 oh. Well, I, know. I would, uh, no, I would like to say that it's going to be a flesh wound to Jeremy's pride here because the answer is Black Black. Oh, that was a confident answer, too. Are you sure, Black Black? I am sure. That is absolutely correct. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Classic Victory. black, black, black knight. I was going to try. I was going to be like, can I steal? Can I steal? This is one I could steal. Yeah, black knight is a good one. Its original printing was in, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Alpha. <laughs> it has Vaguely. been printed, I believe, uh, um, approximately a million times since then. Most recently, uh, Corset uh, M11. But is it wood nickel legal? Uh, I would go so far as a venture. Yes, yes, it is absolutely wood nickel legal. It is actually uh, exactly five cents. Well, I don't know it's how it's that high, but it you could most certainly play that in some kind of tribal knights or maybe like a Grey Merchant of Asphodel deck because Grey Merchant is also wood nickel legal. Well, it, in honor of this victory, it, it will be the in the first deck that I build for wood nickel. Oh, I love that. Look at that. Smart and... <laughs> He's really just the the complete package laid. I try. Well, fellas, um, as is customary for the winner of our game, we like to do a little shout out at the end of the episode, and the winner of the game gets that shout out. So, uh, James, why don't you uh, take it away? I just want to thank everybody who lost. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Free bird. No, seriously, um, thank definitely want to thank uh, the Fetch and Shock podcast for having us on. It was a blast. A lot of fun. And not listen. If you're if you're listening to Fetch and Shock, continue to listen. If you want to check out some other stuff, you can come find us, Destroy Target Permanent or DTP Cast, pretty much everywhere. And everywhere podcasts. So. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> At no charge. It's free of charge. But hey, hopefully, hopefully we can do uh, some more collaboration in the future. 
Oh, absolutely. This was a blast. Yeah, this yeah, was awesome. I enjoyed it. We had a fun time talking shit. Um, we learned a lot along the way. I don't know why this feels like a, like me talking about something at the end of a, like a PBS show, but... <laughs> this is support for public broadcast viewers like you. <laughs> <laughs> the joys of reading, folks. Oh, Fun's oh, not man. hard when you got a library card. Oh, did hey. you know James is a librarian? No, no, no I did not know that. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> he thought I was going to let it slide, but I did not let it slide. Incredible. I, what, an, what an amazing turn of events. It turns out that fun isn't hard when you have a librarian card, especially when you have a librarian that's a nerd. That has I know, right? Oh, it's bookworms. <laughs> it's dweebs. <laughs> Nerds. Well, the running gag is that I'm illiterate, so maybe I'll, I'll forego the library card thing. I'll just I'll watch I, the movie. I had one. And I don't, I don't even know what I did with <laughs> Like, I had... Okay, so I had a massive stack of late fees from one library. And so I went to James's library to keep from paying late fees at the other one and just keep the books. Seeing as how they're, like, state-funded library. And then I got a library card and I rented, like, two books. And then that was just kind of the end of it. <laughs> I would say two books is probably more than I've ever rented in my entire life. So, uh, you're on a good stretch. I feel so honored. So flattered. <laughs> <laughs> my two books all right boys well i got a couple got to do the shameless plugs here at the end of the episode Absolutely. so if uh you dug what you heard you can go ahead and follow us on the fetch and shock twitter that is fetch underscore shock if you want to follow me tyler on twitter i am at basic Landbin. if you want to follow my dead co-host matt he is at it's bop on twitter and then fellas why don't you uh give a shout out to your twitters uh, if you want to follow the podcast it is at dtp cast if you want to follow me it's at james saint and it's j-a-y-m-z uh for me it's at prof pure jank p-r-o-f underscore pure jank and then if you dug the podcast please consider going over to the fetch and chalk discord you can find that link on our twitter or in the description of this episode and if you want to support the podcast even further, I urge you to go to flipsidegaming.com. Go buy your singles or sealed product from them. If you use code FETCH at checkout, you'll get yourself 10% off. So go do that. Save yourself some money and uh, support the troops. All right, fellas. Well, uh, there's this thing we do at the end of each episode where uh, I usually yell for a loud and extended period of time. <laughs> so if you guys would like to join in, please feel free. Oh, uh, man, I can't. Oh, that's right. I, also I, I, I want to, but I can't. Just go get your really baby want. and then just make your baby yell for you. Oh, he would. He would do it. <laughs> well, for the kids this time, we will see you later, nerds! Nerds! I'm really sad that I couldn't be a part of that. <laughs> <laughs>